Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 198 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, I am uh, recovering from uh, a cold, as you are able to sort of tell. My voice is a little bit deeper. Yeah, you sound a little congested. I am a little congested, yeah. It's, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I don't know what it is. We've been testing negative in this household, uh, but it's lingering. It's been five, it's been six days now of the same kind of thing going on. So I'm a little bit... Uh, you want me to send some uh, positive vibes your way? Yeah, could you, and also like whatever good kind of particles or germs you have in your home would be really appreciated. I have plenty here. I have three people that have had a cold. So it's just like a, a regular, yeah. I think it's been going around, right? It's been, you know, two and a half years of, of staying safe from these ailments that suddenly have come back into full force, I'd imagine. Yeah, well, now people expect us to go out in public like crazies. Yeah, well, I went, I went to a wedding last weekend, you know? So that's on me. Was that fun? It was great. Was it worth I, it? Oh, yeah. I kind of, so I kind of went in there resigning myself to probably understanding that, like, I was going to get some kind of sickness. Did you um, go in there preaching the gospel of UFOs and aliens? No, but there have been enough people. Okay, let me just explain something very quickly. I uh, saw uh, a very good friend of mine got married, and she had asked me to give a speech. And I was like, sure, I'll give a speech. And I'd mentioned something very particular in the speech. And all night long, um, people were coming up to mansplain something. So I'd explain how fun things tend to happen when my friend and I take walks together. So one time we were walking, and we watched a squirrel drop 20 feet out of a tree in front of us. And just like kind of wander off afterwards. And so all of these men were mansplaining squirrel physics to me. Like three different men came up to me at one point in the night to talk about squirrel physics. And they explained that what the squirrel is small, so it's lighter and it doesn't get hurt when it falls. Well, it was just explaining like gravity and things like that. And I just, I kind of tuned out because I was just trying to drink. I was just having a drink. You're not a bit big drinker, so you must have been a cheap date. <laughs> it was open bar, Angelo. Oh, so even cheaper. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but you and I have talked about this, right? The, the economics of weddings, right? If you know that it's going to be open bar and you know kind of the price of the plate, you want to throw in a certain amount plus a little bit extra, right? Yeah, I think I, like for your wedding, I gave you like a whole 20 bucks, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, you threw in a bunch of quarters and I was very yeah. confused by that. So And a bag of pennies. <laughs> Doubles as a weapon. Did you, so you've, you've never worked cash though, right? In your retail like life? Never. No, no. no I always okay. uh, worked on the up and up. Okay, because a couple of times in my life I've had to cover for cashiers, and uh, I found out something really interesting that I don't know whether or not it is true um, Canada-wide or if it's just our province, um, but you're allowed to decline transactions that have more than 50 pieces of currency. I did not know that. So if someone came to you and tried to pay you nickels and dimes for like a 4 or $5 item, you had the right to refuse. Oh, and by the way, when you mentioned that I only work cash, I thought you meant like under the table being paid out only in cash. And I didn't realize you meant working at the cash. And that's why I said I only work on the up and up. And you right. just let it slide like as if I hadn't said anything weird. Well, I figured you meant like I, I work the floor, right? No, no, I no, I, no, no, I, I, I literally thought you meant people. people paying cash. Like, you know, I'm going to go mow your lawn, you're going to pay me cash. You've never been keep. Anyways, I'm not going to get into that. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of us has clearly had a, a life outside of the uh, I regular scheduled pay, paycheck. Yeah, you're allowed to declare everything up to, after 500 bucks, right? So, speaking of money, what do you get with that money, Brian? Do you just get more new stuff? <laughs> I try not to, though. You are Mister buys new stuff all the time and talks about it and obsesses over it. Yeah, but I'm trying to not do that anymore. Yeah, but you're you're doing awful with it. Let's be honest here, because you talked about wanting a mixer. You talked about wanting a mixer, and then the entire time for the last couple of weeks, you talked about wanting a mixer. You haven't bought one, but you're just you're just curious. You just want to look. You've posted about it on Reddit. Yeah, but guess what? 
I didn't buy one, and I realized for it now. was no way. You know what? This this little audio interface is doing well, and even though it's seven years old, I think it's older than that. But it's fine. It's all fine. It's not like an iPhone, right? An iPhone. It's like yeah, every three or four years, and some people every year. You want to get a new one because um, you know planned obsolescence, but. I feel like music equipment and stuff like, you know, this audio interface and musical instruments kind of last a little bit longer. Uh, for example, my most recent of my musical instruments is 22 years old. So, so you, have two, you have two keyboards. So which one is the older one? Oh, well, okay. So, yeah, that, that's, that's just an... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's a, a MIDI interface. I'm not counting that. It's not a, an actual... I can't play that on stage. I'm talking about, like, real stage instruments. So See, this, well, like, once again, like, this is very interesting, is that I ask you a question, and then you start to add asterisks to your statement. Well, that keyboard, yes, that, that's, that's less old than... Uh, I think it's, like, three years old. But <laughs> it does, that's not the same thing, though. I'm talking about an instrument How is it not the same thing? Use. Explain. Because, okay... Can you make music with it? Not unless it's connected no, to a computer. No, can you make music with it? Can you create music with it? You can create music with it. You cannot you put it on a stage, though, and not play with it on a stage. That's, that's, the, that's the distinction I'm making. You actually can. Let's not get into this, but there's, like, there's stuff like MIDI boxes, right? That you can well, yes, I have to bring like a whole laptop and stuff. No, I guess, okay, even. you know what? You've thrown everything into a tizzy, so uh, I, you know what? It's, Angela, it's I just fun. Googled, and you can, buy, you can buy amps that do MIDI. Really? Yeah. I'm learning things as we podcast. Yeah, I'm looking at this right now. Yeah, there's a ton of amps. There's like a Roland amp you could buy that you just plug MIDI into, it looks like. But I, I feel like when I go look at music stuff, um, a lot there's of a MIDI, musicians... There's a MIDI box too. It's 100 bucks. Yeah, okay. Well, you're just, you're just selling me stuff now. I'm trying yeah, not to buy okay. anything. Right. Okay, so once again, like this is the whole thing, is that you tend to make a statement that is not necessarily uh, 100% true, though. Yeah, I, I, I'm like a politician. No, you're like you're like uh, you're like a garbage man, Angelo. You know why? Why you make noises when you back up? That's any truck, though. Now, no, but like uh, garbage. That's any truck, Brian. You make really loud noises. That's any truck. But you make, you do it frequently enough. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> all this to say, we often get ourselves into the frame of mind where if I just had this one extra thing, it'll be that much better. Uh, like for example, like you bought a new mic. But in your case, you did need a new microphone, right? It's not like you bought it thinking, okay, now my podcast is going to be the best because I bought this microphone, right? You bought it because out of necessity. I bought it so that way I can have another person in the room, Angelo. Okay, see, it was as of necessity, right? You bought a good yes. microphone. Now, it just so happens you bought the microphone, right? But Yes. For a heavily discounted price, yes. Yes, you did, you did well with that. That was a good deal. So let's, let's just cut to the chase here because you have a new obsession. You are texting about guitars all day long. I like playing guitar again. I don't even know where you're going with this. Continue. No, nothing at all. Nowhere. I'm not going anywhere. I, I just, but this is the part. Is that you can't just talk about how much you enjoy playing guitar. You're like, if ever I buy another guitar, it would be this brand. Like, you can't just leave well enough alone ever. Didn't we talk about this on the podcast a few weeks ago? You asked me if I was going to buy a new guitar, what would it be? And I said yes. a Telecaster? Yes. Well, I've, I've recently decided it might not be a Telecaster. I have to, I, I've narrowed it down to a few other choices too now, but... I'm not getting a guitar anytime soon. I just redid my, I just fixed my other guitars and they sound a lot better now. I'm very happy with it. But yet you are, you even asked me where I bought my guitar. I was really curious actually, because I couldn't remember where you bought it. I thought you had bought it at Steve's music store. No, but you did not. No, I did not buy it. You're not now. cool enough to go there. <laughs> well, Steve's has moved, Angela. I don't know if you know this. Well, there's one actually not too far from me. 
Yeah, there's a couple and uh, Long and McQuaid too. And uh, I bought mine from a very interesting combination of like a, a bookstore slash like music store. Yeah. Uh, they also sell CDs. Yeah. And DVDs. Yes. And yeah, I, I, but, that's that's where I bought this keyboard right here that I'm pointing at. Oh, no, well. okay. Yeah. The non the non MIDI one. No, the yeah, the actual one I, yeah. I played on. Well, stage okay, with. but like this is the thing: is that you can never leave well enough alone. You always want to figure out if I had to buy another one, what would it look like? Yeah, because you have to cover your bases, Brian. You have to have you have to have like a backup. <laughs> backups of backups. Yeah. Mm, sounds like a problem of privilege. One is none. Two is one. I would love if people weighed in, um, you know, when you buy something, are you already keeping in mind what the next thing is going to be? Uh, go ahead, double underscore tw- density on Twitter. I would love to hear from people as to whether or not they uh, are content with their purchases or they are trying to fill the hole in their souls with potential um, uh, new acquisitions. Well, let's just say none of this stuff is new. I'm not trying to think about what my next Mac will be because this Mac But you've be talked about me. that. No, you've talked about that. Well, no, not at this point. I just got this one. Yes, what I'm saying is that like you talked about that previously. You've talked about it on multiple episodes. Yes, but after after my iMac was like three or four years old, at least. Right, but you're the. Uh, I think the minute another, I buy it. No, but like give it another year, eighteen months. I think you'll start talking about it again. Yeah, you you want to buy a, a Mac Studio, Brian? <laughs> I'm perfectly fine with my MacBook. You're not interested in getting a new audio interface. Uh, no, I'm perfectly fine with my mixer, though I know that you keep talking about that too. But Brian, I, 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 so th- this is one thing I do want to say is that I did I did find a couple of really interesting new audio interfaces, uh, one of which has an integrated compressor, Brian. <laughs> so you don't have to how, throw it how, into, into that's logic. That's like me. That's totally yeah. me. Yeah. Let's talk about something that's not you at all, though. Are you ready for this? Let's go. Let's talk about Google Glass. Yes, no, wear, no way I would ever wear a Google Glass. <laughs> so uh, I uh, found a thread recently from um, someone who was involved in the Google Glass endeavor. And it's very interesting how they kind of broke down the ideology behind the way that it, you know Google Glass works and why uh, you know there was the biggest problem with it, right? It was that um, it didn't do anything useful, but you also looked dumb while wearing it. Also, like, it couldn't work very well because you need to be extremely close to an object in order to make it work. How long ago was Google Glass now? A good five years ago, right? Five years, yeah, exactly. I think around the time we started this podcast. Yeah. And so the whole thing is like they decided to try and make use cases instead of like how Google Glass could be used uh, in a practical manner, right? Weren't they calling people that wore Google Glasses glass holes? Yes, they were. Makes sense. So yeah, it's, it's just very interesting. I also read another article about, um, you know, uh, with the uh, Stadia closing and how the culture of Google is really all about like how many launches do you have under your belt, right? Like the idea of like bringing something to term is the most important thing you could do, not what happens after it's been brought out into the wild, right? So they're talking about things like Google, um, you know, spaces and things like that, right? At this point, Google has started and ended so many things within such a short period of time that nobody even cares anymore. Let's say Apple would, were to decide to just discontinue something all of a sudden. People would freak out like they did with the HomePod. So I pulled up a list, a Wikipedia list of, uh, of discontinued Google services. There are 58 of them. Um, Google Answers, Google Buzz, Google Checkout. Oh, I remember uh, Buzz. Yeah. Google Flu Trends. That's an interesting one. Google Goggles, Orcut. Remember Orcut? That's a, it was a social product? networking site. Yeah. yeah. They bought that. Uh, uh, Google Moderator. Google Labs was interesting. Well, they keep changing Google uh, chat on us. 
Yeah. Do you remember Picasso, which is like the precursor to Google Images? Yeah, it was Google Photos before. Yeah, Picasso was really good, actually. Yeah, uh, Google Wave. Yeah, that lasted not long. No, exactly. I'm not even quite sure what it was supposed to be. I don't know. Google Sync. There's a ton of these. Anyways, like, so the idea here is that you're supposed to bring things to term, like you're supposed to birth the baby. It doesn't matter what happens to the Google baby after they've been brought out of the proverbial womb, which I found very interesting as a culture because it um, relies more on making a splash rather than being able to create a sustainable environment for the majority of the products, which, of course, unfortunately, um, you know, Arcadia pointed to. Arcadia? Uh, sta- <laughs> Stadia. 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 You, you Sorry, threw I, me off there. I was thinking of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Stadium Arcadium was is that what it's called? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly, I, yeah, I nailed it. I don't have that. Yeah, album. This is how much I care about Stadia. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, like cloud cloud gaming will not work for the majority of the world. I have tried it with so on on PlayStation Plus Premium, I have access to PS3 games, and because the PS3 for some reason is some sort of bizarre architecture that you can't emulate anywhere, you have to play them streaming from Sony servers. And it's fine. It's just fine. Right? Like, it's just to play a thing quickly to see and reminisce about whatever game you want to play. It's okay. Right. I don't think any people that are into first-person shooters would really enjoy it that much because of the possibility of lag. Yeah, the latency issues inherent in there. But also just the idea of, like, always online gaming, right? Like you're not necessarily downloading the game. A lot of the time, what happens is that you're kind of streaming and that's the way that Stadia had worked, right? So there was a lot of choppy um, um, issues going on. Yeah, and I heard a story about somebody who had put four or 500 hours into Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, and they got pulled off because they lost the license. Well, that, well the, the thing is, is that, no, they were still playing it, but they're going to lose the game and they're going to lose all those hours that they've put yeah. into this game. So yeah. apparently... I heard this on a few podcasts. Rockstar is trying to see if they can do anything with people's saves, but it's not likely that they're going to be able to carry those over. And that's kind of sad because that, that person obviously really liked Red Dead Redemption 2. There's a lot there's a lot to do in that game. I played it. I enjoyed it, but I'm not, I did not put 400 hours into it. That's for sure. No. Well, at the end of the day, like, you know, um, you're just borrowing media, right? The same thing with streaming services. You know, that's why I still buy certain physical media, right? At the end of the day, you're borrowing um, um, an agreement made between a streamer and you know a content producer. You're not owning a physical copy of it. You can't do what you wish with it. You're at the mercy of whatever um, the overlords decide to do. Yeah, uh, for example, I have I've have not bought that many PlayStation Five games. I mostly just get them from PlayStation Plus, either as one of the free monthly games or now as part of the service. I own one physical copy and it's only because it came with the PlayStation that I have it. And the other games that I've bought are downloaded. Uh, for example, Gran Turismo, that's a game that keeps getting updated and you kind of need to have digital copy. And the thing is with PlayStation 5 games, they don't run off the disc anyway, right? Because they have they need the the SSD to run as quickly well, as I think they the, do. You know, I think the disc is more or less like the DRM almost. That's exactly what it is. So whenever I would start up Forbidden West, it would... Uh, spin the disc which was extraordinarily loud and then play the game super quiet like the disc is so much louder like they made the playstation 5 extremely quiet in terms of the fan compared to the ps4 which sounded like a jet engine but that disc oh boy is it loud but yet you survived it it's fine i can't i wonder if i haven't watched a dvd using 
or Blu-ray, whatever. Uh, I haven't watched any sort of media-based video on the PlayStation 5, but I wonder if a DVD is that loud when you're watching the movie. Well, you could test it out, right? You probably have one lying around somewhere. I think so. Homework for Double Density 199. Yeah. I don't even know how to watch uh, a DVD anymore. How do you put it in? I don't understand. My wife was looking for something, and we came across a CD, and my daughter wanted to listen to it, and my wife and I was like, okay, go put it into the CD player. Let's see if you can do this. And uh, we have one CD player. It's like a undermounted rec- record player. No, it's an undermounted <laughs> radio in our kitchen. Right. And um, my daughter knows how to open the disk drive in it. And she was not sure which side the CD went. This is just bad parenting. I know. She's so used to having seven, 70 million songs at her fingertips <laughs> on Apple Music. What was the CD? It was graduation music that my wife would use as part of it when she used to teach grade six. So she okay. had some grad music. And um, many years ago, I wrote a song for one of her graduation classes, and she thought it might have been that. So they wanted to play it. It was not that. It was not that. Do you have, do you have a copy of that? Of the song I wrote? Yeah, yeah. somewhere yeah. on my hard drive. Yeah, of course. All right, let's put it up. Let's put it up. Let's put up a 20-second clip right here. No, we're not doing that. We're absolutely doing that. No, we're not. <laughs> Why not? Because I don't know. This is a media-rich episode. Nah, nobody needs to hear that. Anyway, don't let her short answer if you want to hear it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. If you DM me personally on the Twitters. Angela Furin. I, I may send you a link of some kind. Let's do that then. Let's just, okay. uh, yeah, there we go. There has to be intent. I guarantee nobody will DM me for the song. Speaking of uh, things that no one wants to do, Angelo, a little more seriously, <laughs> uh, let's talk about the metaverse, right? Let's talk about uh, Decentraland, a blockchain-based, um, you know, metaverse. Yeah, only uh, 38 active users, apparently, um, and then $1.2 billion has been sunk into this. I think blockchain metaverse is the most tech bro thing you've ever said on this podcast. It's been ridiculous. Yeah, well, no, we talked about the Dune DAO for a while, right? About how they thought that buying a copy of the Dune Yeah, that, but you movie, just, those uh, words put together, blockchain metaverse, oh, I sound know, very I tech know. bro. I, you and I have talked about this. I'm not a huge proponent of the metaverse. It's kind of useless, let's be honest. There's a way better way of like handling things. It also just very much still looks like the 90s. It reminded me of a couple of things. One, uh, remember movies like The Lawnmower Man and how I was VR literally about to say Lawnmower Man, right? Yeah. Like that's that's kind of what it looks like. And the other thing was that horrible attempt by Sony to have some sort of uh, second life type thing on the PlayStation 3. It, it lasted all of like two years. I cannot remember what it was called, but... So Decentraland's creative director, Sam Hamilton, told Coindesk, which is kind of like a, an industry um, uh, news aggregate, uh, that the platform averages around 8,000 users per day, but it doesn't seem quite right. I think what they mean is that there are 8,000 interactions, not necessarily uh, 8,000 uh, metaverse uh, joinees. Um, you know, it's um, Web3 is a very, very messy uh, kind of sandbox to play in. There's nothing really interesting going on there. Uh, it was really funny. I don't know if you read about this last week or the week before about how there was a big deal because Facebook's metaverse was going to introduce legs. You could see legs. Whoa. But uh, then it was revealed because they had shown this during a promotional event. It was revealed that the legs were um, computer rendered like VFX. They weren't actually real in the presentation they were showing. So it was just a proof of concept kind of thing. So everyone kind of joked about that for a while. Yeah, this is not ever going to take off. By the way, that PlayStation thing was called PlayStation Home. That was it, yes, because I remember when I had, uh, like, I got a PlayStation 3, like, relatively late. I got one in, like, 20, end of 2010. All that to say, uh, you know, it, you kind of think about these things, right? You kind of think about um, Google Glass 
Stadia, cloud computing, metaverse, in order for that to work and for worldwide adoption to happen, we would basically need to tear up the internet as we know it and the way that we connect to the internet as we know it in order to sort of um, restart things um, uh, much more quickly globally. And is there even enough bandwidth at this point for all that? Well, that's the big question, right? And that's the other thing, too, is that like we would need to kind of rethink the way in which we are pushing bandwidth around globally in order to get everyone to this metaverse. And it's not going to happen because there's so many conflicting interests, right? So the telecom companies don't want that to happen. And then, you know, um, Facebook has already conquered, quote unquote, conquered, right? Like the, the you know, the desktop mobile world, more or less, right? You know, there's these phones in Africa where you, the people think that because they can only connect to Facebook, these are Facebook phones. They think that Facebook is the internet. Yeah. I, uh, this, it's a lot of communities that end up feeling that way because that's all they use is Facebook. I feel lucky that we kind of got off Facebook here. We, we just didn't use it. Um, I'm, when I say we, it's like me and you on the podcast. I, I think you use it professionally for some things, but not really. Right. No, I just use it to, to stare at groups like local groups. Um, the people watching is incredible. I think we've talked about this before, but some of the stuff on there, so good. Yeah, no, I don't use it at all, and it feels great. I I've I hardly go into Instagram either because it's just Instagram is getting worse and worse with every passing day. So also that they've upped the number of ads recently everywhere. That's what I mean. It's terrible. Now. It's terrible. Yeah. So I don't even have the app anymore. The I actually surf uh, Instagram on my desktop computer like an old man. That's fine. As I, as I read email. I do that during the workday. I think it's easier for me than grabbing my phone. I've also been very good at not picking up my phone as much. I'm trying really hard not to anymore. Good. I, I leave my phone far away. I've turned off notifications. I've turned off, I've turned off notifications for Instagram, for Twitter. Um, basically, all the messaging apps still have their notifications because people reach out to me in different ways. And it yeah, be I mean, important. Yeah, because every morning I send you my Wordle, so you you got to yeah, see that. And then I that. respond with a Wordle, yeah. yeah. Or I, on the rare occasion, will be up earlier than you, and I respond with a Wordle. Exactly. It's very important. <laughs> Would you pay a certain amount of money to get an ad-free experience? Not enough, because you don't care enough, right? No, not for Instagram. Okay, but would you pay a certain amount... Um, uh, you know, I'm 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 kind of trying to shoehorn this way into I the know next where topic. I with this. Yeah, but it's not working out. So let's just talk about Netflix with ads. Netflix has gotten pretty expensive. I still enjoy Netflix enough that I'll pay for it. Uh, luckily, I, I can af- I can afford to budget for Netflix since I don't really pay for cable or anything. Yeah, Netflix with ads. On top of that, it caps out at 720p, which I can notice now the difference from 4K yeah. to 720p. It's 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 quite drastic. Yeah. So I, I would not want ads, but look, if you really want to watch Stranger Things and are able to watch it in 720p and, and deal with that, maybe it'll, it'll make it more authentic, right? It'll feel like the 80s 720p, right? I'm very curious, right? So it's going to, it's, it's launching in November, um, yeah. $6.99 US per month with ads. $5.99 here in Canada. What, what, what kind of crazy scheme is this where it's less expensive know. here? 50 to 30 second ads, and I think it's four times an hour. That's not terrible. That's no, better I mean, than like, regular TV. Let, okay, well, let me give you a perfect example, right? So Fox's owned 2B network is completely free, and you kind of get less ads in most cases for this, right? So it's Yeah, I've been watching it, by the way, since you you turned me on to it. And I, 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 did we discuss this? I, I watched American Ninja on there? No, but we talked about the, the your love of American Ninja. Yeah, and, then and I ended up finding it on Tubi. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff on there that you can't find on Prime or uh, or Netflix, for example. Oh, yeah. I know for a fact. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out for Netflix because I don't think that it's going to end up the way they want it to. No, 
I think a lot of people downgrade automatically because they're trying to block out um, shared passwords. But what they're gonna actually going to do is they've created an easy way for people to opt out. Um, and I'm curious because they said not the full library will be available based due to some licensing issues, some lingering licensing issues. Okay. So I'm very curious to see how that's going to play out. Yeah. So, you know, you might downgrade to watch, like I said, Stranger Things and it won't be there. I don't think that's the case because it is, it is a Netflix, is a Netflix owned Netflix property. Yeah. So I think it's more so the licensed movie and TV stuff. I, um, I was, I can't remember who I was talking to, but somebody was telling me how terrible YouTube is with all the ads and they can't deal with it anymore. It's okay. So this is the confusing thing is with YouTube, there's a certain amount of like required ads, but then, um, uh, content creators get to kind of pick the intervals. Okay. So some do more, some do less. I have not seen an ad on YouTube in five years because I, I am a very happy subscriber to YouTube premium because I do watch a lot of YouTube and I cannot imagine watching YouTube with ads. And I, it was my sister, actually. Uh, I was there for Thanksgiving, and she was talking about how terrible the ads are on YouTube. And I uh, smugly said, uh, I pay for YouTube premium, and I have no idea what the ads are like. But that's you, you, you have all these kinds of budgets, though, for, for all these services, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm, not str- like, I'm not depriving my family of food so that I can watch. Uh, <laughs> that would be really funny, though, if you did. Like, listen, I got to get. Uh, so I've been watching a lot of, um, uh, sorry, I've been reading a lot of comments about, about this. A lot of people have been saying they've done something really interesting is that they'll usually get like Netflix for like three months a year and they'll just drop off. They'll, like, they'll watch all of the new content that's been produced and then they'll just drop off for the other nine months. I can imagine people doing that. I think so. I think I think this is going to create two different things, right? Because I think that like you're going to lose a lot more of people paying the higher cost mm-hmm. for access, and they'll go to the ad supported free uh, version. I think also you'll see piracy kind of just go up because a lot of people realize they don't actually need Netflix a lot of the time. I think if people watch Netflix and stuff just on their phones, then they won't really care about the downgrade. Or even their, even in, their laptops, right? In quality, yeah, even their laptops, they won't really care about the downgrade in quality. As somebody that rarely watches Netflix on a phone and then occasionally on an iPad, but usually just on a regular good old-fashioned television, I can't imagine watching a downgraded version. And I really don't like ads. Although, like I said, like we ta- talked about, Tubi is not that bad. No, not at all. For the for the, the quality of the content that you can get there that you can't get anywhere else, um, I'm willing to trade off like a minute or two an hour. And can I say, I was really impressed with how good American Ninja looked, considering it's a movie <laughs> well, that's from the, thing, the 80s. Oh, it no, was the, a really good copy. The transfers they do are usually 1080p. Yeah, it was super I clear. mean, not every force. Obviously, there's some that are just, um, that are uh, VHS. Well, it, all, it depends on the distributor, right? But a lot of the time, um, if they get access to something like that, they'll they'll be able to, to do something nice with it. Well, they they had a lot of Canon film movies. I That's what Canon. we talked about last love time. Canon. Like yeah, some exactly. good old cheesy. I finished I finished action. all the Death Wishes. I watched the Death Wish remake with Bruce Willis, which was partially shot in Montreal. And, and it's like a couple Prime, places. by the way. Oh, is it? It's yeah. I watched a couple of uh, different um, scenes, and I was like, I know exactly where that is, and I felt kind of weird about it because one of them is like in a far off suburb in Montreal that my wife and I had visited last summer, and I recognized like a couple of distinctive features, and I went on Google Maps, and sure enough, it was right there. That's funny and uh, worth watching, Brian. Uh, I've got nothing else to watch. Okay, I have lots of stuff to watch. So. <laughs> well, there you go. You don't need to worry about it then. Yeah, I'm watching Andor. Are you? How is that? It's good. 
I watched yeah. one episode so far. One of the many things I need to get to. Finished She-Hulk finally, which I love. Which we talked about I, this. I will say it's my favorite of the Marvel TV shows. Oh, by far. By far. It's so good. And I, um, I, I mean, I really liked WandaVision. I really liked uh, Miss Marvel. But this was just so refreshing and so much fun. And the way the whole thing ends is just so good. It was yeah, it was super enjoyable. I'm so glad that I was able to to get into it. I, I mean, I can't believe they it. brought in the Justice League, <laughs> all secretly hidden all over the place. Have yeah. you watched Werewolf by Night? Uh, that is on my watch list. I will likely go watch it after we finish this podcast recording. So it says 50 minutes, but like you got to remember, like seven minutes of that are just credits. So it's more like 45. No, it's 40, 45. There is a world of possibilities that exist out there. If you wanted to create an AI version of yourself. So the final thing on uh, the final item for the tech side of things for this episode is a very scary 20 minute podcast of AI Joe Rogan interviewing AI Steve Jobs. Now, it is not perfect by any means, but it's on its way. Now, okay, that's the thing I couldn't figure out if did Rogan create this or did somebody a third party do this and a Rogan had nothing do to do with it. Rogan had nothing to do with it? No. Okay. Wow. It's really impressive then. Because I thought Rogan was in on it when I first heard it. And then I started thinking, oh, maybe not. And now you're confirming that with me. It was developed by podcast.ai, which is an AI um, service that generates uh, conversations between people. So when are we going to have some famous person? As soon as this, well, no, as soon as this opens up, I think you and I should do an AI double density podcast episode yeah. and see if it flies. Yeah be great it's wild though right it's 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 not perfect once again but i I feel like what happened is they probably fed the machine because these are two well-known public figures right so you can kind of feed them hours and hours and hours of their content how much yeah how much of rogan is out there right and how many steve jobs interviews have there been right yeah i mean i think rogan has significantly more voice things out there that people can use but jobs did a lot as well yeah, totally going back right. to the 80s, right? But what I'm saying is they, they are public figures that have... Like, exactly. So, uh, you know, whatever um, processes this went through, they, they definitely had a lot to uh, to mine from. Yeah. I think I want our first guest to be Orson Welles. Really? Oh. I mean, he's done a bunch of interviews. and He's also done a bunch of outtakes. Well, that's what I'm saying. It'd be great. And he we could have a, a War of the Worlds type of thing with him. We could. And it would be very weird and discomforting. And then his estate will come after us. It'll be perfect. Yeah, perfect. As long as we yell at parody, right? You know. Yeah, as, and it's long, as long as we don't have like drunk Orson Welles. No, well, I kind of want that Orson. Oh, Welles. That'd be kind of fun. It's true. Mm. That'd be kind of fun too. I to want Omicron Orson Welles. <laughs> so Omicron, Omicron, what is his name? Omicron. Death is Omicron. door. Orson Welles, right? Because that's the last thing he did before he died. Omicron. Yeah, it's not Omicron, which is the the COVID variant. He's the the planet devouring uh, Unicron, not Omicron. It's Unicron, Brian. We have is, uh, COVID has, on the is, brain. It has been so long since I've watched the Transformers movie. Some of the best music ever. Well, I was telling my wife this the other day. I was just laughing about how like um, they they were allowed to swear. Yeah, there were a few uh, naughty words in there. It yeah. was weird. Yeah, I agree. And I completely it was odd that they stuck that. that in there. And they were allowed to keep it. Yeah, um, and they killed Optimus. Spoiler alert. Yeah, <laughs> for a movie that came out in 1985. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, but coming back to the topic at hand, though, like it is a very interesting doorway or um, you know uh, inflection point that we are in right now, where this can kind of go in a lot of different ways. Yeah, it, it'll be it'll be weird if this 
is something that takes off. I hope it doesn't because it's, it, it, it could. Let's be honest. There's a fascination with with this kind of thing, right? And there's a fascination with celebrity culture. Yeah, it's just so. It was really disconcerting. You look concerned. Yeah, it was bothering. It bothered me. It was just yeah, odd. It's it's weird. Yeah, it, like once again, like if you go listen, it's a twenty minute episode. Uh, you can even two exit, so it's ten minutes, and yeah. uh, it's not perfect. But uh, yeah, the, the the laughing was off. The laughing was off in the way that they were questioning or, or bantering. Um, yeah, the first couple of minutes was was also very off too. So, yeah. Um, speaking about the implications of AI, I want to talk about something very important. Uh, but over in the paranormal side of things, will you join me there? See you there. Hello. I'm a computer. I'm a computery guy. Everything made out of buttons and wires. Double density. Welcome back to Double Density. And as always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal, and uh, we were kind of reaching over uh, the f- the proverbial fence to grab something from the tech side to come talk about it in a different kind of context. Um, and so, Mick West recently had tweeted out some AI created UFO images. And uh, his tweet reads, AI-generated photos are only going to get better. Right now, you can zoom in and see details being distorted, things not making much physical sense. Give it a few years, and you won't be able to, right? And so this is concerning in a different kind of way, right? Let's move away from celebrity culture and talk about the credibility of evidence in this digital age, right? Because you can um, create VFX at home pretty easily, and now you can probably ask a computer to create pretty well-rounded, um, paranormal slanted photos and images that look photorealistic enough as time continues, you know, because a lot of these, like the Dali, right? Dali two pulls from known data across the internet to sort of create things. Um, so it's not perfect, but it's being refined on a daily basis to the point where, um, faked evidence will be indistinguishable, faked evidence will be indistinguishable from the real thing. When you sent me this link, I wasn't sure what to think. I thought, oh, they've unearthed new pictures. And then when I started looking at them, I'm like, oh, no, no, these, there's no way these are real because uh, this would blow the roof off of everything because they they looked kind of sort of almost credible if you looked really fast. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so at first I was confused because I saw the the Dali photo collection first. And I thought Mick West was advocating that these were actually real. And then I had to backtrack to check his Twitter feed to, talk, to see how he was actually talking about how um, – these are definitely, he believes these are obviously faked photos, right? So I was kind of worried for a second. Yeah, well, Mick West would not fall for this, right? No, exactly. Um, but it is it is concerning, right? To, to, you know, like, what is the truth in the digital age? What does that look like going forward? How do we verify claims? How do we verify stories? How do we verify incidents um, going forward, right? Because there used to be a physicality to a lot of these things, right? And there still is to certain cases. Um, but it's going to get way, way more complicated. So we have to be way more discerning about how we look at these Photos, videos, etc. Right, these physical pieces of media that aren't from a space. I, I I feel like we're almost screwed with ever getting good footage of anything credible ever at this point. Again, you know, we always come back to all these cameras, no real pictures of UFOs. Now we're gonna have too many pictures. None of them are gonna be real. Yeah, and so like I'm I'm very curious what the next let's say 10 years, right? Let's say like 10 years is a very comfortable time frame by which we can start to very much look at these AI generated pictures and see how much more refined they get and how worrisome that'll be. 
Yeah, it's coming fast 10 years. I have to plan what Mac I'm going to get next. <laughs> but yeah, looking at these, like, you know, these AI generated Roswell images, some of them, you know, at first glance, if you thought about it super quickly, some of them could pass muster very easily, right? Yeah, well, that, that cool melted looking thing is yeah, kind of yeah. interesting. You mean the mogul balloon? Well, no, not, not, not the mogul balloon, the one that's looks like a melted thing on a stretcher. Uh, could you? So there's a grid of. Seven by four. Could you number that one? Like the no, fourth I'm one? looking at the Alien Analysis podcast link um, just under Mick West's thing. I'm going to just put it in the show notes right now, quickly. Okay. So you can you're see looking it. at an entirely different subset of photos, which is what. It's yeah, yeah, no, because I, I was I went from the oh, Mick I see West it. okay, one. Okay, yes. it's right yeah. underneath. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, so uh, it's it's pretty cool, pretty cool, but pretty horrifying, right? So I'm, I'd be curious to know like how. How do we safeguard against things like this, right? Like, I mean, like you used to be able to, like, you know, right click and tell where an image came from, kind of, right? Can you though? That's the thing, right? Well, I mean, there's exit da- data that you can look at, right? That's true. Yeah, I mean, which can be faked. That's the other thing too. Is it can be faked? You kind everything could be faked, Brian. Yeah. The the problem is, I if I ever see a UFO, first of all, my phone won't work. We know that, right? That's a fact. Well, I mean, we've discussed. If it does work, and I get a good shot of it, nobody's going to believe me. The only silver lining here is that it's going to cost people infinitely less to fake something. Like, think about the Ray Santelli film from the 90s, right? Like, how much... That was thousands of dollars, right? To, uh, to recreate those things. Versus, like, you know, you hop onto an AI um, um, prompt and you type in, you know, Roswell UFO crash 1947, um, you know, debris or something, and then suddenly you end up with all these things. So something really funny that kind of ties things together is that so one of the comments on Mick West's tweets is from Chris Rutkowski. We we like Chris Rutkowski here. Absolutely, yes. He is one of the – so he's like, you know, the Canadian UFO expert. Yeah. And I linked you to a Black Vault article recently from, uh, you know, from John Greenwald, who is Black Vault, um, about Canadian UFO reports, right? So there's a whole archive of Chris Rutkowski stuff that exists out there. And then um, – uh, Michel Deschamps, UFO researcher, he bought some uh, some microfilm reels from like the National Archives in, in the early '90s, and so there's a bunch of documents on this Black Vault page that go on and on from 1965 onwards. And then there's like a newer set of of Canadian UFO reports that are uh, more recent that kind of go from like 2004 looks like to about 2020. I I found these really interesting in that they're almost like time traveling. It makes you wonder what the process was for these things when, you know, would they get filled out and then just filed away never to be looked at again until some 40 years later when people decide to ask for a freedom of information request? It's a dream, really. It's kind of cool. Uh, did you read through a lot of them? I sure did. Uh, it was many hours of just scrolling and hoping to find something interesting. <laughs> I did not. I looked at the the hundred pages, the first document, the newest document that exists there, and uh, not much to report. A lot of uh, you know, kind of interesting incidents. What I found really interesting though is that if you uh, if you open up the first document at the top, it's very interesting because it kind of lays out the procedure by which people have to report um, different things, which I found was very interesting. Examples and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And what to do if you get a pilot calling you versus this and that. So I thought this was pretty pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, if you. In in looking through them, one of the ones that really stuck out to me was UFO Doc Twenty Six. Oh, so one of the microfilm ones from yeah. the show. Yeah, there's a line at the end where the person writing the report, uh, the the witness, I guess, wrote that uh, I am not 
highly excitable, but I was in a psychiatric center for six weeks. I actually <laughs> saw this light and it is not my imagination. I just thought it interesting that he had to emphasize that. Yeah, I mean, like the very interesting thing is that like these are a lot of internal uh, you know, communications between people from various uh, governmental entities, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, in Canada at the time. So, you know, there's a lot of interesting reports. Of course, things are blacked out because that's how you got to do when you get a freedom of information request. Sorry, freedom of information request. Yeah. Um, you know, some really, really interesting stuff. A lot of of eyewitness sightings trying to explain what they've seen. A lot of um, flashing lights. A lot of like different kinds of things. Um, I tried to keep count. There seems to be no preferred time of day. There's a lot of daytime ones, which I found really interesting too. Some of them I was reading really sounded like a meteor, though, even though it was non-meteoric, but it did sound like a meteor ball of fire in the sky. Daytime stuff is interesting. Too bad no one had cameras with them back then. Um, <laughs> why are there no daytime sightings now? Or it, it just It's something that just bothers me. I feel like because everybody has something that could take a picture, nobody's taking the time to report these report things that can be you know somebody could counteract against them and say oh but i was there and i there's nothing in the sky and i took like i could have taken a picture um it it sort of makes me think how there are no more prank calls because of uh color id yeah but you can also get like a uh you know a google number right so you could yeah i mean that, that. that involves way too much effort though that is very true. Um, you know, for example, like this is a prime example. So, you know, if you look at, at uh, part 28, um, one of the pages, June 21st, 70, uh, 1971, um, between 110 and 145 central time in the afternoon. Um, but once again, like you were talking about meteors, right? Uh, red blazing object stationary in the sky, right? It could be a meteor to, or meteor seen in daytime. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a meteor in daytime. So have I, but, you know, the public is not trained to think in those ways necessarily, right? Yeah, I remember seeing a meteor at a at an outdoor music festival. Kind of neat. What music festival was it? Somersault. Who who which band were you watching? Was it the Smashing Pumpkins? It was the Smashing Pumpkins. I was actually That's watching and, and there was a there was a meteor flying through the sky. Which was, given, you know, Billy Corgan's way of thinking is is kind of serendipitous when you really think about it. Yeah, that band sort of like self-destructed, right? So Well, they're they're sort of back. Most yeah, of the classic lineup got back together to do kind of a greatest hits tour a couple of years ago, and they're still they're still making music with the bass player. She's there. Are you talking about uh, Melissa Offshore? No, Darcy Retsky. Uh, I don't. Even I don't think she's anymore. there anymore. I think it's Melissa Offshore, right? Uh, no, because the other one was uh, not. Well, I know that, that Chamberlain and Ihar are still there. So okay, yeah, I, I was Chamberlain was the one I was always worried about because he was a heroin addict, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, okay, so no, they have a live bass player, but there's no. Um, it's not her bass player. No, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Isn't, isn't Billy Corgan a wrestler now or doesn't he promote He owned a, one of the feds, right? He owned, he owned TNA for a while. Okay. Weird. Yeah. And also he, he has talked about how he has seen like, uh, like shadow people, right? What's what? So I think we need to do a whole episode of musicians and paranormal stuff. We did though. Be, back in the day, it was, it was, we read from a book. It was very boring. Yeah, we need to, we need a good one. Like we just we didn't talk about Billy Corgan. Did we talk about Sammy Hagar getting abducted by aliens? <laughs> no, we didn't. That okay? No, I was wrong. Sorry. Billy Corgan also witnessed a person shape shift. I forgot to say, and this this is something that was mentioned on the Howard Stern show. I forgot to mention that. Weird. Isn't um, he like super right wing now? I don't think he is. No. Okay. I thought he went crazy. I mean, crazy in like like MAGA. He was no. I mean, like okay. So let's be honest here. He he has been on Alex Jones. Oh, okay. 
And uh, he describes himself as the free market libertarian capitalist. So oh, make it that way you will. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So anyway, whatever. Smashing Pumpkins have some good songs, so that's fine. Speaking of, of music bands, though, and the yeah, occult, this right is a up, perfect segue. <laughs> Blink-182 is reunited. Yep. I mean, sorry, so let me begin. The classic Blink-182 lineup has reunited, right? Yeah, so we're talking um, Tom DeLonge, yep. uh, Mark Hoppus, yep. and Travis Barker or Baker? Barker. Barker. Okay, I can yeah. never remember. I always yep. want to say Baker. Yeah, so uh, Matt Skiba from Alkaline Trio out, Tom DeLonge back in. Yeah, he's gonna. He's got that sweet alien cash now. He's been working with. So <laughs> I'm kind of believing that he's also doing this to sort of like open the coffers, right? For for oh yeah, he's gonna yeah. Fresh like, of the stars need, too. He right? needs he money. Needs, he's he's, a, he's gonna talk about it. He's there's gonna need some alien T-shirts. Oh, for sure. There's gonna be a couple of those, right? Um, so it's kind of interesting though. And kind of sweet though. I think. Um, so Mark Hoppus went through cancer. He's in remission. This is great news. But yeah. I think uh, that whole battle kind of apparently is what they were saying is kind of like the the catalyst for them getting back together. Yeah, they had a, they were talking and stuff like that. I mean, that'll that'll really make people think. So. Yeah, and apparently they have a whole album recorded. The first single, Edging, was awful. Just not even like sophomoric fun, just awful. That's too bad. Let's let's hope the rest of the album is better. I'm kind of, I want you to listen to it after this and text me. Yeah, okay. Because um, I'm kind of curious to see how bad you will think it is. If I, I, think I did bad. listen to some uh, Blink-182 this week, so... Oh, from from what the self title? Oh, just like uh, I, it was just um, an essentials playlist on. Yeah, Apple, so Apple. all the singles. Oh, yeah, all the good stuff. Do you have a favorite song? Uh, it's it has to be Aliens Exist. No, it's not. It's it's probably all all the small things. That's a really fun one. Mm. Hey, mom, there's something in. And, the- and damn it, is fun too. Damn it, it's also fun to play on your guitar if you want to learn something super quickly. So it just yeah. doesn't have why. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm kind of wondering if there's gonna be, uh, you know, an alien still exists or an aliens exist too on this album. Cause it's, it's gotta happen. It, there's gotta be like one alien song on there, right? Like search I, for it's aliens yeah, to the stars, be. you know? And so like, I was looking at ticket prices around here just to very curiously, I got one of these like presale links, hundreds of dollars, right? 170 for like a, uh, for floor and the lower sections of the arena. Well, but the thing is, it's right. It's not teenagers that are going to be going to the show. No, it's, it's, it's nostalgic 40 year olds. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I saw them in 2014 at a festival, and I'm more than okay with it. I cannot remember if I've seen them live or not, but maybe I saw them at a festival. I don't know. It has to be very early on in the career, though. Yeah, I mean, it was a time when I was going to a lot of shows right, and yeah, stuff right. like that. Of course, Punk Rock Angelo. Yeah, I was... Did you ever have Mohawk? No. Fauxhawk? <laughs> Never. No. I, uh, no, not, not for me, Brian. Not for me. So I'm definitely not going to this show. No. What if I got free tickets? Would you go with me? I don't know. We should go do a concert one of these days. You can like you can bring a notepad and observe me <laughs> in, in the wild. We, we'll have to figure out like the perfect band to go to because you haven't been to a show in years and years, right? At this point, so we need to figure. We need to strategize what an evening out would look I like. I seriously us. cannot remember the last show I went to watch. Maybe Def Leppard. Maybe how how late? Like how long ago was that? Like early two thousands. So when Yeah came out, like that's the album? I don't even know. Maybe, maybe, or maybe I went to see Pearl Jam concert I went to see and the Chili Peppers opened for them. But that's, that's a a while ago, ago, right? Yeah. So I don't know. So X, X came out in 2002, the, the uh, Def Leppard album. Okay. Maybe. Um, And also like, it's very strange. Like I, for some reason I heard this song on the radio years and years ago and I loved it. So off of X, there's a song called Four Letter Word, which is like the perfect pop rock song 
um, that kind of describes the middle era of Def Leppard. And I think people should go give it a shot. Good. Yeah, I, I think my, my wife has been to a lot more concerts than me in the last well, few I think years. you mentioned one of the last ones she went to was Bon Jovi or something, right? Yeah, she's been to see Bon Jovi. She's been to see Brian Adams a couple of times. Unfortunate racist Brian Adams? Yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. Uh. I mean, Bon Jovi's losing. Have you seen those Bon Jovi videos where, unfortunately, he's like losing his voice? Oh, that's too bad. It's it's very unfortunate, and uh, I hope the best. I hope that he can find a remedy to that. But yeah, I think he's just playing for too long every night. Well, speaking of losing things, I think we're uh, we're pretty much losing pretty losing much the plot on this episode. Losing steam, as yeah. it were. So, uh, where can people find us, Brian? Oh, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> you can head on over to uh, you know on Twitter double, double density net. Okay, no, we start with the socials, then we end with the website, Angelo. How many times have we done this, oh, right? Okay. So double underscore density oh, on Twitter. Uh, I am Brian Hasty, Brian with an I, over on Twitter. Angelo's Angelo Furin. And once again, if you want to hear his grade six graduation song, Angelo Furin, slide into his DMs, people. And then also on... And I didn't write it when I was in grade six. Keep no, you wrote it, which I think is even worse. You wrote it for grade six children. Yeah, for my wife. Right. Uh, she asked me, can you do a song for them, an original it song? It's a work for hire. Yeah. <laughs> got paid and under the table over on instagram uh, so, so you did get paid under the table there we go we talked about this full circle that. full circle i did not get paid for that yeah all right well uh double score <laughs> double density podcast over uh, double density podcast over on instagram and then double density.net for all of your podcast needs you can find out where to subscribe on all the different platforms you can see our bios you can also get to you know um paste your pictures of us yay this has been it for episode 198 of the Double Density Podcast. And tune in next week as Angela and I try the metaverse for the very first time. Angela, I'll see you there. Uh, I hope to see my legs. 